Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Cousins to throw with time to the end zone. Caught and a touchdown. Tyler Conklin with his first of the year. Cousins. Steps away from pressure to the end zone. It's Steven for the touchdown. Cousins throws for the end zone. It's Jefferson who's got the touchdown. Yeah, that was not only the Vikings game, but just like all of the NFL yesterday was so much fun. Mm-hmm. You had a 66-yard game-winning field goal. You had, a, a, what, a 108-yard uh, missed 68-yard field Field goal returned for a touchdown. And Gus Johnson going I know it's apoplectic. probably a little depressing. A little, little Gusgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Packer, I think this is probably depressing for Vikings fans, but that was a fun Packer 49er game last night. Aaron Rodgers, 37 seconds. But, um, yeah, did you guys get your football fix this weekend? Are you, are you not entertained? The NFL was. I mean, you, you did have some absolutely crazy games, which is fantastic. That's why... In my opinion, the best experience is the, the red zone experience. I'm envious of those who could sit and watch the red zone yesterday without focusing on one team and could just watch all of that because uh, our guy, Scotty, must have been going nuts. Uh, so I actually have uh, I have both red zones. So I've got the the Scotty red zone, and then because oh, I'm out of market, I've mm. got the DirecTV Sunday ticket, which gives you the uh, Andrew Siciliano yeah. red zone. yeah. And I gotta say, listen, I don't. Uh-oh. Andrew Siciliano does a great Uh-oh. job. He's no Scott Han- Scott Hanson. I oh, so you're saying? Oh, okay, interesting. I'm saying Scott Hanson is as good at his job yes. as almost anyone is at their job in America, regardless of industry. And I don't think either one of those guys goes to the bathroom for seven hours. Scott Hanson prides himself. Got a caffeinator, and I think that that's it. I don't a know ca- one of the a, two. A, a catheter? Yeah, a catheter. I say caffeinator. I was drinking caffeine as I said that. Maybe that's what it was. Have you thought that it's been called a caffeinator? Probably have. It's like, it's, like, it's like what I thought it was uh, <laughs> Jaguars for the longest time in my life as well. Mm. So there's a lot of words. Go Huskies. St. Cloud State. <laughs> mm. Yeah, just blame them. Yeah, yeah I will. Yeah. Well, let's get to some statements here. Let's start with Judd Zolgad. Monday statements. I'm guessing these are going to lean Vikings heavy, although we should well, probably bury the Gophers. I was going to say, there's a, there's a secondary storyline here, <laughs> and I was there for it. But yes, let's start off with Vikings because that's the... Biggest uh, thing in the sports weekend in Minneapolis-St. Paul. And I'll just I'll rip the Band-Aid off immediately. Kirk Cousins is in the MVP race right now. It's only three games in. Wow. I understand wow. that. I understand that the Vikings are 1-2, and two, which definitely like means that? That? if we had an MVP three games in, he's not the favorite. 
But look at what he's doing. Look at the statistics. Look at what he did yesterday in once taking a, a team that was known for its defense, right, and sort of dragged its offense along and hoped that the offense could score 22 points. Look at what Kirk Cousins and company, but Kirk Cousins in particular, let's just let's give him the credit here. He uh, he is playing at an MVP level right now, and he's been fantastic, and I think everyone can acknowledge that. No one is trying to put him down. You play like this, you earn your $31 million salary cap hit, and you earn all the accolades that you're going to get, shoe or no shoe on your foot. All right, here are some <laughs> of these statistics for uh, shoeless Kirk Cousins. What a what a bold move. My, you know you're feeling yourself. You know it's a, it's a heat check moment when the back of your heel. We've all had that, right? We're like, you can't get your foot oh, in. That's the worst. The laces dude. are tied, and like you got to go. And okay. he's like, no, I know we got three timeouts left, but I'm good. I only need one leg to complete this pass. <laughs> it was it was batted down. But yeah. <laughs> anyway. He is, according to pro football reference here, after three games, he is. And so Tyrod Taylor has played two games, and he's pretty high on some of these. But So I guess I'll include him. Um, so Kirk is third in QBR, 78.2 out of 100, behind Tyrod Taylor and Matthew Stafford. Ahead of Teddy Bridgewater, who's fourth, by the way. He is fourth in traditional passer rating behind Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Tyrod Taylor. Kirk has a 118.3 passer rating. In terms of sheer yards per game, he's averaging over 300, which is eighth in the NFL, right behind Patrick Mahomes. Derek Carr, Tom Brady, uh, Kyler Murray, all over 330. Derek Carr is averaging 401 yards per game right now, which is bonkers. And then uh, in terms of touchdown to interception, Kirk has eight touchdown passes, fourth in the NFL, but the three guys above him have all thrown at least one interception. Mahomes has three picks. Tom Brady has two. So um, he has the most touchdowns with no interceptions of any quarterback in the NFL. He's also completing 74% of his passes, which is fourth in the league behind Teddy, Kyler Murray, and Dak Prescott. So almost every pro football reference stat has him like top three or top four so mvp discussion MVP, baby. three games in premature yeah, well, but still fun you like that? i'll piggyback you like that? with my first statement here two throws told the story of yesterday's game there's a lot of good things offensively i mean we'll get to our pie chart of praise on purple daily today uh but i want to point to a couple third down throws and before and before i i, I highlight these one of the biggest question marks about Kirk, and not even question marks, one of the biggest facts about Kirk is he performs a lot better when given the benefit of deception, right? And most quarterbacks do. Like, if I give you play action and a wide-open playbook and the defense is sort of on its heels on first and second down, like, generally you're going to perform better. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, actually in his career, has better numbers on third down. Like, his passer rating spikes, his yards per attempt spike. Mm-hmm. He has better numbers on third down when the opposing team knows he's going to pass. Kirk's kind of the opposite. He's great when he gets play action, when he gets that built-in sort of infrastructure of deception. But yesterday, his two biggest throws were on third down, in my opinion. You had, uh, in the second quarter, Vikings are, I think, down by three at this point, if I'm not mistaken. And it's third and 13 from the Seattle 15-yard line. So it's like they know you're going to pass. It's a scrunched field. You're inside the 15-yard line. And uh, he moves a linebacker and a safety to the left or holds them with his eyes and then throws a dart 
to a covered Adam Thielen for a touchdown. Just an unbelievable throw. Like, he knew exactly what he was going to do. Yep. He didn't hesitate throwing to a covered Adam Thielen, which sometimes he does. And then maybe even more impressive, in the fourth quarter, and the Vikings were up here, so they you know, they were on their way to a win, but you got to stick that dagger in the neck of the Seahawks, right? Like, you don't want to give Russell Wilson Absolutely. the ball and eight right. minutes left. Right. And so there's eight minutes left. Vikings are looking to put Seattle away. It's third down and five. Mm-hmm. And Rashad Hill and Amir Abdullah absolutely wet themselves on pass protection. Like the Seahawks sent an extra blitzer. Amir Abdullah had to go from the right side over, but he had plenty of time. He whiffs on the linebacker. Rashad Hill whiffs on the defensive end. Rashad Hill picked up the wrong guy. Was he supposed to go inside on that play and pick up the linebacker? He he picked up the wrong guy. Well, but if you watch it, I mean, listen, I'm not Mr. Film Guy, but you had essentially two free runners. The linebacker had the, the angle. He was, yes. And if Rashad Hill picks up the defensive end, Amir Abdullah had time to pick up the linebacker, but he just, like, he was indecisive. Mm-hmm. So Kirk is about to get blasted. He's backpedaling, and he knows he's about to get driven into the turf. And he throws a strike on a crossing route over the middle to K.J. Osborne. And I feel like, I don't know, it's hard to quantify, but nine and a half times out of ten, that just results in a sack, right? It's just, well, here comes a free runner. I'm not going to be able to escape it. I'm just going to take the sack and eat it, and we'll have to punt on fourth down. Yep. And he pulls the trigger, maybe partially because he trusts K.J. Osborne yeah. more than he's trusted third wide receiver options in the past. But those two plays on third down were big boy throws. And those are throws I'm not going to say that he never makes, but those are that's like a new level to his game, that if you could see it more regularly, then the Vikings would start to beat winning teams more often. They would start to... They would start to perform better late in the last four minutes of the fourth quarter when trailing, right? So those two throws, to me, told the story of yesterday's game. That hit in the past at times has also been a fumble by Kirk. Um, And instead of it not being a fumble, he gets the ball out. The Vikings on third down, and this to me is probably one of the most uh, impressive stats from Sunday's game. Nine of 14. Nine Mm -hmm. of 14 on third down. Kirk on third down passes. 8 of 10, 80 yards, and, and the touchdown that you talked about to Thielen, Phil. So, yeah, I mean, statistically, impressive. But what I but what I loved about Kirk's game is it wasn't just a box score. Like, there were yeah. there are yes. a ton of things. Yes. And you're, yes. you're right. The Osborne completion, box score, right? But no, it's unbelievable. It's a great play. Um, and that's what you know. I've been talking about for a long time when I said that a lot of times Kirk puts up and consistently does this a really good box score. But does he play a really good game? Yesterday, there is no question. I was actually more impressed watching what he did than the final stats. Yeah, I that's agree. Rare for Kirk um, for me. Situations, right? And some of it too is it's third downs. It's you know, they weren't trailing a lot in the second half yesterday, but how much can you overcome? Yeah. Your, your starting running back is out. Your offensive line is 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 not the Cleveland Browns offensive line. Early deficit. Defense gives up 250 points in the first half. And I feel like a lot of people just say, well, I mean, yeah, what was he supposed to do? Well, that. Right. <laughs> that, no, but I mean, that was it. That's, <laughs> that's the comeback to all of those people who were who like, Kirk can't do more than Kirk is doing. Actually, he can. And, and he put, did. And put the film of yesterday's game in your VCR, your beta, boot it up on your computer. I don't care how. <laughs> that's what we want. Like, that's yeah. the game. 
Yep. And he deserves a hundred percent of the praise. Yeah. And and there's really no there's really no buts. He was excellent yesterday. You like that? You like that? All right, Declan. All right, with a couple of Kirk Cousins statements already off the board, I'll go on the other side of the football. And my opening statement is can you bend and not break? So we spent all this money and all this time this offseason fixing this defense, right? You brought in Patrick Peterson, you brought in Dalvin Tomlinson. Um, Daniil Hunter's back, and he looks like he's hungry and ready to go and being the player he was before the injury. But through three games, you're 20th in points, you're 27th in yards, you're 22nd in turnovers. You haven't really made a lot of good staples on defense yet. Now, I don't think the way that they're playing on defense is going to derail their season or going to shipwreck them, but can you bend and not break? And I'm going to use an example from a team that Vikings fans absolutely hate, but it's dead on. The 2009 New Orleans Saints defense. Bend, not break. Allowed a lot of points, allowed a ton of yards, but they were able to create turnovers. They were opportunistic. I know there was a bounty thing going on in the background, and we can discuss the uh, logistics of that. Yeah, At the same time, got, I think that's putting Listen, if, too I think much it's easier to something. The thing about if you do the bounty system now, you don't even need cash, right? You can no. just like Venmo guys. You, yes. can, you can keep it much more on the DL in 2021 and 2009. You could, you could exchange crypto. Bitcoin? Absolutely. Do a little bit Bitcoin, huh? It's way easier. You don't need wads of like you know $100 bills all over the place. You can be much more discreet. <laughs> but if your defense can at least get key stops on third downs, yep. create a turnover here and there, which in the second half they did that. They put up a goose egg. They deserve credit for that, by the way. They, they, they shut down the Seahawks in the second half of that football game, and they deserve a lot of praise. But can you bend and not break? Because this defense being top 10, which we kind of thought it could be, I don't think has any shot in hell of happening. But you can still be a, a capable average defense with big playmakers, and you have to big, come up with big-time plays. So can you bend and not break? break? And see, I, I actually, I don't know if, if, I don't know, top 10, I guess we'd have to figure out, like, by what metric. Yards per play is always a, a pretty good one in terms of, all right, you know, it takes away, like, total yardage, garbage time type stuff. But we've always kind of said, you're not going to see the best version of this defense in September. There's too many new guys. There's guys returning from injury, and you're facing Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson so can you can you sort of weather the storm record wise, get into October and get past the bye week so that the coaches can go back to the drawing board? I think after the bye is gonna be the best version of this defense, whether that's top ten or whether it's, you know, twenty third and they're trying to bend not break. But the second half should bring a lot of reason for optimism. Like there was definitely you know, the, the Seahawks being down by double digits was a help because you you could just you could just sort of they had to pass you the know, ball, eliminate certain plays from their yeah. playbook. Yeah. Um. But they like Declan said, they pitched a shutout in the second half, and Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin were making Russell Wilson run for his life. So uh, Eric Kendricks had a great game: eleven tackles, two tackles for losses. He got to the quarterback with a sack. So there's there's some things happening here that I think point to to positive signs with the Vikings defense, but. We'll see it play out. Judd, back to you. You like that? You like that? The Vikings, Kirk Cousins in particular, the irony is thick, might have saved Mike Zimmer's job yesterday. Hmm. If he goes to 0-3, and there's no guarantee that you beat Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's a good team. Um, I, I like your chances at home against Baker Mayfield, so I'm not saying that you can't, but I am saying it's not going to be considered a shock if you lose. If you had lost that game yesterday and you were down 17-7 to and looked horrible at one point, especially defensively, not offensively, uh, and then Cleveland and your former 
offensive coordinator and longtime assistant coach Kevin Stefanski comes into your building, the man that many people on the Viking sideline thought should be the next head coach of this team after 2019, and Stefanski beats you, and you're 0-4, and now you've got Detroit, and things are spiraling, and there would have been a lot of talk this week about Mike's job. Kirk Cousins played a major role in helping take all of that pressure off uh, for now, at least, I think Zim is is removed from the hot seat that was going to exist. That doesn't mean that there's not pressure. But Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, I think, took a large step. And the offense, which is just deliciously funny, the offense helped save yesterday Mike Zimmer's job and the talk of that he might have been fired after the Cleveland game if this team had fallen to 0-4. September's weird, man, because... This Viking season has like two or three different forks in the road. You know, going back to the Cardinals game, if Greg Joseph makes that field goal and then they follow up with a win against Seattle and yep. then and then there's a chance to go 3 and 1 by beating the Browns, like that path leads you down sort of a Super Bowl contender path in the eyes of like the public and power rankings and things. If they were to have lost yesterday, to your point, we'd be talking about Mike Zimmer's job being on the line if they lose again to the Browns. Mm-hmm. But now we're kind of now we're kind of back to okay if if they beat the Browns and they get back to two and two, and then you take the the whole first month in context and say, all right, well, week one is always weird, and you know if you don't fumble, you probably win that game. And also the Bengals are better than people thought; they just went on the road and destroyed the Steelers. Um, I think if they win this game and get back to two and two and the way that they lost the first two games, they're kind of back to being like a tier two NFC contender. You know, don't slip up against the Lions and you know take care of business against the Panthers, who are good. Right. Weak schedule, but they're good. Yep. So a lot a lot to be determined here. The problem the problem with how the game started against the Seahawks to me was very simple. Your defense looked awful, and that's Mike's job. So, so where Mike is, where Mike remains on the fringe of being in trouble is is nobody right or wrong. Nobody is going to give him one iota of credit for Kirk. And if the up, offense scores, it's more like okay, Rick got these guys, and Clint Kubiak's doing a great job. So his stock could definitely rise if this team continues to play this well offensively. But Mike's sort of career path here now is going to hinge on on what you're saying, Phil, which is can he rally this defense to come back and, and play well and do it when they have to, which is Declan's point. Because I will say in the second half yesterday, Seattle had to pass, and it came down to one thing to, to me, time of possession. The Vikings did a masterful job offensively of what? Holding the football. That first drive it ate up, I think, Eight plus minutes of the third quarter. So, so Mike, I think the fair question to ask is: Can Mike rally his pride and joy to be uh, a semblance of as good as a lot of people expected? Because he is, I can tell you flat out now, nobody is going to, to say that offense is playing great. Mike Zimmer's well, doing a great job what about, with Kirk. That's just not what about. But what about the Thursday film study sessions? They've they've done two or three of them. Yeah. Per Kirk's request, right? But I don't. My guess is that makes a difference. Now, Mark Sanchez made it sound like, and I have a statement on him in a second. Mark Sanchez made it sound like these guys have been attached at the hip. Yeah, you know they have a great relationship. It's like, well, actually, you know, Kirk put in the request about two months ago, and then Mike Zimmer finally got around to it. But don't you think Mike Zimmer is probably adding some value 
to he's Kirk, Kirk by sitting down with him on Thursdays? Yes. Yeah. But I mean, he's never, he is not going to get the majority of the credit for what this team, if this team thrives, continues to thrive from the offensive standpoint, you might say, hey, Mike, nice job with Kirk, but you're not going to say you are the Kirk whisperer now. He's just not going to get it, that. It's why Mike should almost strategically do more things like watch film with Kirk. Like he should do more things to at least put out the perception that it's him that's pulling all of the strings for the whole team and not just his you know 23rd ranked defense. Right no, now. you're not wrong. That's actually a very good point. I'm doing a lot of stuff here. You guys don't understand. I'm doing a lot of stuff offensively. You guys just don't know. Um, all right, my, my next statement, I'm going back to Kirk here for a second. Mark Sanchez was all in <laughs> on Kirk Cousins and Amir Abdullah yesterday. Yeah. And even a little CJ Ham. Little CJ Ham. People were ripping Mark Sanchez, but I, th- I think he needed to pump the brakes a little bit on his love for Cousins so what, and Amir Was he Abdullah, good or bad? I thought he was fine. Actually, I thought he was fine. Okay. Yeah, I kind of liked him. Twitter was all a, over he, him. He, he brought a ton of great X's and O's insight. He was high energy. Yeah. Um, he wasn't stumbling all over himself. What okay. did you think in general, Dex? He was kind of dorky. Like, he came off as a little dorky sometimes. But, yeah. I, but I do think he brought good insight. And there was also some, like, really good meat and potatoes football things he was saying about, like, plays yeah. and formations. And I, even I was, like, football. in my head literally saying that football alone in my apartment. Like, I usually am on Sundays watching nice. the game. And I was like, oh, this is great. Mark Sanchez is actually pretty damn good at this. I, I was never a big fan of him as the quarterback. But he, he had some good things to say about Kirk, man. He was awesome. Yeah, he's. I think he's becoming a, a pretty likable guy in terms of being a media guy. He's, he's. I think he does some talking head stuff too on like the Fox Sports One shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just was making a list. So at what point? At one point, he called Kirk one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. Yep. It's funny because some people think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks. Other people think he because of the way he's paid and the way that his stats don't translate to team success. Yes. Uh, that he's overrated. Uh, Sanchez falls in the underrated category. He called Kirk Cousins a quote stone cold killer and a quote executioner <laughs> at one point. Wow! <laughs> like the executioner. Dude, he was all in. Yeah. And then he said Minnesota Vikings fans take Kirk for granted, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I think I feel like Kirk is, at least on this show, I feel like people think we hate Kirk and we're negative. When Kirk plays well, we lavishly praise him. But when Kirk falls short of the expectation, he was brought in here after 2017 as the final piece to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And people are like, yeah, but the defense. The defense didn't fall apart till 2020, okay? So the first two years of Kirk's Vikings tenure, well, yeah, but all this stuff. It's like he was brought in as the final piece. And so the criticism that he has garnered has been, I think, warranted. Um, and the praise that he's getting f- through the first three weeks is also warranted. But And then Mark Sanchez kept referring to Amir Abdullah as like this secret weapon. Yeah, like, there he goes in motion. Like who told <laughs> Oh, there's Amir Abdullah. So did like Clint? Like, what? Did like Clint? Uh, <laughs> On Friday, say, "Oh, you got to see. We're going to bring Amir Abdullah up from the practice <laughs> yeah, dude, squad, I... and we're like, that's the weirdest thing. It was weird. It's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody must have told him, like, oh, this is like, this is the this is it. Like, gotta, But I mean, it sounds like a joke, right? Like, hey, tell Sanchez, Amir Abdullah <laughs> is yeah. the guy. Wouldn't it be hilarious? Like, it sounds oh, like man. a setup because yeah. it's so far. It's so far <laughs> removed from any truth. I don't know if, like, the associate producer uh, on the Fox broadcast has some weird tie to Amir Abdullah or what the hell it was. But, yes, it was, it was kind of weird. Guys, on the, the practice uh, squad up and down. The, 
there are like three plays where Abdullah would line up in the backfield and then go out wide in motion. Yeah. And every time, you know how that happens like on every other play in the NFL. And it, it happens, and usually the color commentator doesn't even point it out, right? Every time it happened, Sanchez was like, and there goes Abdullah. Abdullah out wide. I got to watch him. <laughs> got to watch him. Oh, no. and, the, and the defense is like, do we even need to cover that guy? No. No, don't worry about it. Uh, all right, Declan, back to you. Statement right. number two for you. Uh, statement like number that? two for me. I feel very keys-like today, Judd. I feel like keys has 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 entered my statements today. Cause my uh, I like my, it. My second statement is scramble your jets. So scramble your jets. Yesterday, Justin Jefferson. We were just talking about this going into the game on Friday, Saturday, having a big game. This was the same thing that happened in his rookie season, and in week three of this season, nine grabs, 118 yards, got a touchdown, a little bit of yak after there as well. This is from NFL Next Gen Stats. So the green being the yak after the catch, the routes being. Uh, and, and white where he was able to make the grabs and stuff. But he was all over the field. He was in the middle. He was in the sidelines. He was underneath. This is exactly the kind of performance you need from Justin Jefferson. I mean, his touchdown um, in the red zone there, I believe, was that in the first or second quarter? That was a beautiful route. I mean, he absolutely burned him. He was able to still hold that ball, which was he was coming down and trying to toe tap in. Justin Jefferson's a stud, dude. And I believe Vikings had the notes that he is the fastest receiver in team history to get to 100, uh, get to... Uh, a franchise record for catches so far through through three games of the season. So Justin Jefferson, scramble your Jets. He's been uh, he's been awesome for the Vikings, and he was again on Sunday against the. I think it's uh, the fastest to a hundred career catches. That's what it was. Thank I you. I believe that's what it is. Yes, yes, but yes, big day for Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he's a good football player, and it helps Justin good. Jefferson. Guy. And it it helps to have three, <laughs> if not four, guys that that the defense has to account for. Gronklin. Gronklin oh, was good, right? Dude, Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne. Dude, is this okay? Because Gronklin's <laughs> not as good as <laughs> Gronklin's not as good as Pete Kyle Rudolph yet, and I don't think he has the upside of Irv Smith. But he's he's good, and Kirk Cousins obviously trusts and finds him. Is this the best the Vikings weapon stable has been under Mike Zimmer? Yeah, because you name me a third receiver that Zim has had who is as good as K.J. Osborne. They didn't – I always liked Jarius Wright, but the Zimmer regime, I felt, never trusted Jarius Wright as much as they do K.J. Um, yeah. So I would say yes. And here's the thing. So so peak Rudolph is better than Conklin right now, but Conklin is far superior to the last two or three years of Kyle. Like, like, because those guys just get beat to hell, right? And like Kyle, by the end, couldn't really jump much. Like, like he, he could still go get the ball a little bit. But I think if you look at what Conklin can do from an athletic standpoint, because he's young and not completely beat up yet, that the nice thing is Tyler Conklin provides what we, what the Vikings, I think, thought in theory Kyle would and really didn't for the past two or three years. And that's the difference. Because there was clearly times where Kirk, I felt, quit passing to Kyle because he's like, I don't know if Kyle can get, you know, Kyle's going to catch the ball and just fall down or something. So I do think, I do think that having a guy like Kyle was more towards as he progressed to his prime is a huge benefit. By the way, uh, on air production meeting, I just got a DM from our guy uh, Randy Vikes sixty nine. Oh boy, he's he's chomping at the bit for a for a stud stable. So okay. just uh, I always love a stud stable. Let's let let, let we'll, we'll get, let's do let's get him on in like five minutes. You want know, you can you can you can put him in the waiting room there if you want to. Yeah. I think he okay. he's like a thoroughbred 
Just, just like his hoof well, is just digging a hole in the stable right now. It was now. a big day yesterday <laughs> for him. It's a big day I for him. Like I, I mean, Kirk played well. He's going to come on and call us bozos. I, I appreciate it. I'm here for it all. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Is it you Judd like or that? me? Am yeah. I up? You like that? I'm next, Judd. right? Judd. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who's next? Uh, As uh, can we say. quickly, if we're, we're going to get our buddy on next, can we no, quickly please do? Can yes. we please transition? Because I got it. Because I went. I went. Please do. And I said to myself, I'm here at TCF Bank Stadium. Do I want to write from this game? And then they lost. Uh, I'm just going to say it flat out because, like, there's no, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to give you one small thing or the Gopher football program, I, and I use program here, okay, should be mortified by its performance against Bowling Green on Saturday. Mortified. That was, forget PJ Fleck, worst loss of the Fleck. Era, bleep that! It's one of the worst losses I've ever seen. That includes Tim Brewster. That includes Jim Wacker. And at the very least, Saturday at West Lafayette against the Purdue Boilermakers, Zach Anikstead and not Tanner Morgan is starting at quarterback. This was an this was atrocious. This was gross. There is no there is nothing you can tell me that justifies that piece of crap. Bowling Green is a Mac bottom feeder. A Mac bottom feeder. They're picked to finish last in their division. And they Rock. beat you. And by the dude, way, you're, they, you're underrating Maxon, dude. Maxon's a tough yeah, league. Man, man. No, it's some of Maxon's great. Bowling Green sucks. <laughs> I can tell you. I looked it up. And and the last thing is when you look at that game, Bowling Green didn't play that well. Like their defense had some moments, but as a whole. Bowling Green tried to give you that game back, and you're like, and Tanner Morgan's like, nah, dude, you take it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 piggyback here with with a statement here. I I am sick of go for football again, <laughs> and I, dude. I I, I, I am it. a graduate, a proud graduate. I still have the. Uh, the the keychain little gophers, you know. Hey, I went to school here. I'm going to probably have to take that off this week now. Get a Washington Huskies one, just move well, on. Literally, this Phil. year too. They lost. They lost okay. to Montana. I think Montana is better than Kraken. Maybe one. a Kraken one. Be a Kraken fan, man. Maybe just a star. Maybe I'll just get a Starbucks. Just a Starbucks. Uh, oh, you, yeah, that'd be shocker in Seattle. The Gophers were thirty point favorites. Mm-hmm. Thirty point favorites. This is one of the biggest upsets of the year. Has there been a thirty? No, point it's the biggest flat out upset. No, it's like the biggest upset in the last like eight years. Oh. Like, like remember when Appalachian years. when Appalachian State beat Michigan? Yes, like yeah. in two thousand seven, and people were like, "Oh my god!" Yes, this is yeah. Well, Michigan was I think ranked in the top twenty five or top ten, so maybe it doesn't rise to that level. But it's like this was a thirty point spread in this game, and 30. for as great as a recruiter and marketer as PJ Fleck has been to get good players in here. I think he might be equally terrible as an in-game strategist coach. Yes. He's Owens, and I'm, I'm still rowing the boat. Are you? A little more slowly Are you? and hesitant. Are you really? Hesitant if you're done with before, go for right? football, can you be rowing the boat? I didn't say I'm done with it. I said I'm sick of it. I'm okay. sick of it right now, all right? I'm. Are you sure you're rowing? <laughs> I see you he, with a life jacket bailing. He is 0-17 when trailing at halftime. Owen seventeen in defense. It's not like he's down fifty-two to three at halftime every week. Uh, and then you know, I know that not having Rashad Bateman 
will regress any quarterback, but Tanner Morgan is completely hapless. And I think the, my biggest pet peeve while we're getting this stuff off our chest, this dude is a senior quarterback. Every single time he goes up to the line of scrimmage, so they call a play, they run a play into his headset, or they give a sign or whatever, so they've got the play called in the huddle. And then he walks up to the line of scrimmage. Every single time, it's a check with me on the sidelines. Sometimes two or three times, right? All right, check with me. All right, so the coaches want to look at the defense. There's zero empowerment. For all P.J. Fleck talks about empowering players and right and making better men and stuff, how about giving your senior quarterback some empowerment to actually look at the defense and figure out what's happening? It's not that surprising even that like when the ball snapped, he doesn't even know what he's looking at because he's looking at the sidelines for the coaches to tell him what he's supposed to be doing. They, and I think some people have the theory, too, that they're withholding some of their best plays against these bad opponents because they don't want to put anything well, You might want to break them out the in the second season. half dude. when you're trailing know, and being dude. embarrassed. That's and by ridiculous. the way, recruits are watching that crap and saying, I ain't going there. Um, 45 rushing attempts by the Gophers on Saturday. Tanner Morgan empowered to Phil's word to pass 13 times. Against Bowling Green if you with a backup running back. If you're going to allow him to pass 13 times, bench his ass. And the next thing is, Mike Sanford Jr., you can't call plays. Like, your play calling positively Pretty is brutal. Aw- exactly. It's awful. I thought Fleck, yeah. I really thought that uh, back in the day in 2019, that Fleck and Soraka uh, worked together or something. I guess not, and I guess Fleck can't call plays, and I guess in-game, he's, you're right, Phil. He's a disaster. He's, a, he's really bad. But Mike Sanford Jr. should game not management. be calling plays. 13 passes for your senior quarterback against Bowling Green? Here's the other thing, too. What I could doing? live with, if if Tanner Morgan was, you know, if, if, if he was mobile and able to run for, you know, 75, 100 yards and be dynamic that way, but he wasn't really that great of a thrower, I could live with it. I'd almost rather them at this point. If you're not going to be able to find like you know a, a dart throwing pocket passer that's going to get up there and control the line of scrimmage, then find someone who can run for a hundred yards. You know, like I, I don't know the whole. Th- and no. also, how are you beating Colorado thirty to nothing on the yeah. road, and not if if they would have won this game with a last minute field goal, I would have said you know what, whatever it was they were they were coming off a literal high <laughs> in Colorado. Yeah. And and they just find any way to win the game and then get out of the Big Ten season. To lose that game now buzz kills the entire rest of the season. But it's ridiculous. And then and then those last two drives by the golfers where they're desperate, right? Morgan throws back to back picks. Yeah, dude, it's it's so bad. That was just embarrassing. I I was so embarrassed and I quit school there. <laughs> I didn't even graduate and I'm embarrassed for him. <laughs> That's like I quit after one semester. Uh, yeah, and I'm embarrassed. Um, all right, let's. Uh, <laughs> those are your statements for this Monday here, Mackie and Judd, Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Let's bring our guy in here. He is Randy Vikes sixty nine on Twitter. He is. Uh, let me let me pop his little just for people that want to potentially still no picture follow huh? this man. Yeah, Randy, what's uh, what's the deal, man? Can, are we not able to get you on camera? I I working through some legal stuff that one of the items, as I said, is relates to the purchasing or possession of a, a camera designed to send pictures over the internet. It sounds bad. Yeah, I don't know about that one. 
I almost feel like we probably shouldn't even. Yeah. Should we give you a show then? I was going to say, should should he have a forum on this show if this is the case? It says unrelated to sports. Oh, okay. All right. That's good. Okay. That's what worried me. That's all we need to know. That's what worried me personally, but that's just a Judd thing. It's part of the, uh, I just can say, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ron, my lawyers uh, and his team are listening. I think I can say this, that it's related to the work reason same reason i'm not at work okay that's all and then we'll leave it at that okay all right now, let's move on sorry i get okay. exact right. when i take it's i get exonerated all bets are off and I, yeah. i'll buy out five webcams uh you know randy before we get to your first stud stable of the season here including preseason by the way this is literally the first time the vikings have won a game in like nine months i think we can all agree here vikings winning is great Bears and Packers getting embarrassed when they do is maybe even better. And yesterday, the Bears averaged 1.1 yards per play, 47 yards of total offense. And thanks to our friends on The Score and ESPN Chicago, this is Bears Vent Line. I played football for 18 years. I've been watching it for 52. This is not a complicated game. And if I can see it and you can see it, and we're paying these guys millions and millions of dollars to construct a roster and put these guys on the field and not use them in a way that they need them, this poor kid, uh, I I think this kid's going to have traumatic stress syndrome because of this game. I, I don't agree that this might not ruin him forever. Forever. Traumatic stress syndrome. Is that a new? Is that a? Oh my God. T S S. Man, I mean, like, it just seems that there seems to be a disconnect in terms of play calling and um, you know how we position our quarterbacks to succeed. So I think it's you know quite telling that you know from a coaching standpoint, it seems like every quarterback that we've had with that does not succeed, and it seems that that seems to be the issue and in terms of the common denominator. Yeah, tough to. Tough to disagree. Here's Mike on the south side. The young man looked foolish out there. And it wasn't his fault. He just, he was getting just killed yeah, out was. there. And he had no chance. He no. had no chance. I don't think, my, uh, just imagine if uh, 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 a was out there. Oh, he, There would be uh, uh, somebody who had to probably call in the hospital. <laughs> That's what, what they're, they're saying. Wait, they're saying fields? If it wasn't for Fields, Dalton would have been in the hospital. It would have been even worse. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Man, 47 yards of total offense in that game. And and because Fields got sacked nine times and yep. lost like 46 yards, right? Yeah. His net passing yards was one. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. I think he passed for 47, so, lost 46 on sacks, and gets net passing of one. Justin Tucker's game-winning field goal was 19 yards further than the Bears' offense for three hours yesterday. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, so Randy, uh, how, how are you doing after that big victory by the Vikings over the Seahawks yesterday? What did you see? Well, for, uh, first of all, Fields, uh, isn't that the guy that a lot of people wanted us to go up and, and scoop? Yep. Yeah, listen, I think... Well, I how, think... Did that, how did that look yesterday? Not so great. <laughs> No, it yeah, did not. Want... It did not look great yesterday. Like, I, think, is... I think the, I think those people have officially lost the argument after one game. Yeah, yeah. it's good because Kellen Mond hasn't had a chance to go out and show what he's got. 
yet, and, and and he's got a lot. I can tell you that. From just well, it's tough when you're when you're playing behind team. the number one MVP candidate in the NFL. It's tough to get playing time. That who is that? Uh, Kirk Cousins. Oh well, he. You know what? I, I credit uh, credit where credit is due. He he's. Uh, you know, I know in uh, Nagy in Chicago, uh, Chuck, Chuck Nagy is an uh, offensive uh, guru. Well, Zim's not, and 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 so who does that mean is is calling the shot? I guess it's old number eight. You know, because it's certainly not uh, uh, Gary Junior, whatever his name is. He, he's yeah, he's not Jr. dialing up a whole lot of. It, 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 there's just some good calls, check down stuff like that being made at the line. I mean, I takes a little sometimes you got to shove a little crow inside of a, a enchilada and, and take it to the house and I'll, I'll eat a little crow on how he's looked pretty good pretty good judd you should call uh, at the next press conference on thursday yep. when the clint kubiak speaks can you address him as gary jr, gary jr. before your question it's an old sid thing hey gary jr <laughs> uh wait so uh so it, it's actually matt Nagy, not chuck uh, what what did he call him, Declan? Said Nagy. Nagy. Yeah. So it's the Chicago Bears coach, Randy. Yeah. No, I'm just telling you because you know it's coaches in the division. I thought I could help you out here. Um, just me trying, just Jeff trying to help Randy out. Yeah. Well, I, look, the bottom line is I don't care about uh, those coaches. I, I care about the purple. That's who we follow here, and uh, and all the opponents that, of course, we're going to face, and uh, and you know, the the bittersweet taste of uh, of yesterday is that 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 victory should have been a not just a single chibi but a, a double chibi or, or even a triple cheeseburger we could be three and all uh you know with a little just a couple of little things going our way and uh you got a mount got a hill to climb now and you're gonna see what this team is made of they're gonna have to get a couple of couple of big big victories you know down the line to kind of make up for that start yeah, I mean, this game against the Browns is going to be it's going to be very telling. I think it's a must win, uh, in in my opinion. Uh, for, uh, first of all, because uh, Baker's Mayfield is uh, not he's nothing special, uh, you know. And they got the the couple of their guys, uh, 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 Jabbers Landy hurt his leg. I think he's out. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're down a couple is, weapons, and of hurt. course, we're we're starting to see the reason a lot of people really have always called. Called Tyler Conklin uh, Gronklin. Damn right. He's got some. He's got a little shimmy. He's he's more than just a big guy. I mean, he really can just kind of make a little something happen after the catch. Uh, and 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 the way that uh, you I know, feel like I feel like you're spoiling your stud stable right now. Should we just well, get right, should we, we get should right into the stud stable? Let's do it. Do it. You want to start it? Yeah. This is uh, this is Randy and Cottage Groves this week three one. stud stable, and it's presented by our friends. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company. At Federated, uh, they're here to help give you peace of mind if you're a business owner. Risk management tools and resources that can help protect your bottom line. Find out more about how they can help your business at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Take it away, Randy. All right, this is uh, week three. Uh, finally, we get to do a stud stable, and I can't I'm I'm. I'm jacked. Uh, this is the uh, Vikings uh, destroyed the uh, Seahawks. It wasn't even close. A lot of a lot of people thought the Seahawks were a contender. Maybe, maybe in their crap crap division, but not not here. Uh, <laughs> it, it starts out at pretty the top pretty good division actually with a guy who excuse me. 
Such a, they play in a pretty good division, I said. Uh, yeah, okay. Didn't look like they seasoned them very tough to come into our house. And, and, and one of the big reasons why, the guy, guy, guy by the name is Ziggy Wolf. Ziggy, you built that place, and we packed it. We, I, I didn't. I can't go. I'm not allowed to go back yet. But a lot of people packed it, and we packed the bar, watching them pack it, and it was loud. It was rowdy. Uh, there were school chants happening, and uh, it's a tough place to play. It, it, it really is, and it got in uh, the old head of uh, uh, Russell F. Wilson, as they call him, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he, he had a tough day. He did have a tough day, and uh, so number one stud goes out to, to Ziggy Wilford. Uh, yeah. A great, a great stadium. Russell F. Wilson, Didn't number know two F. stud. The F st- stood for flustered yesterday. It uh, and some other things, uh, but mm. but number two stud. Okay. Uh, we're gonna st- still not ready to get to the coaches and players because number two stud, Seattle. They like to call that everyone in the stands. The the, the twelve, the twelfth man. Uh, we we got we got twelve and a half men. It's louder. It's louder at <laughs> that. Time. All right. <laughs> And us think. Where'd the half come from there, Randy? <laughs> yeah. why, why don't we just go to 13? Yeah. Can we, just round, can we go up to the call next? Call it 14. We got, there it is, 14 oh, men. that's way too we many men really on the field got, then. The 14th it, it, man. It, it, everyone I know who was there said their ears were ringing, and it's, and it's not just uh, the cocktails, and, and, and it, it was loud. So go school, and you're in the stable. If you're a Vikes fan, you were there, and you were loud, you're a stud. Love it. Then now let's go to the on the field. Kirk Cousins, you're going to get your credit here because it's due. You, 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 a lot of haters. I, I called you a bozo. I, I, for some reason, still think you are. But you know, when you decide to kind of get get your head out of the out of the you know out of the youth pastor and, and get on the oh. field and play some football, oh you really can sling it, and you really can go through those checkdowns, Kirk. And this is there's one thing you're being paid a lot of money to do, and it's win ball games. And and you you took that one by the, you took that one by the junk yesterday, and you 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 took it and you ran with it and you twisted when you needed to, and it was impressive to watch. Kirk Cousins, you're a stud. You like that? You like that? Talked about this guy in the pre uh, by the pre preamble, uh, my guys by the guy by the name of Tyler Conklin. Tyler, why don't you go ahead and tell people to to put the league on notice because there's another new guy coming in who's got some tats. He's got a little bit of flow for his hair, and he's got a little bit of yak, which is the yards after catch oh, mojo. Yeah, Tyler, that's right. you're a guy who, before people know it, could be one of those tight ends that kind of gets mentioned in that top echelon. And yesterday, Tyler, on the field and off, you were a stud. Yeah. Football. Mm-hmm. Franklin. Yeah. Now let's give a little credit to a guy, old number 33, who really has a, had a nice start to the season. Had a couple of tutties early. He definitely looks as shifty as ever. And even though yesterday he was kind of a precautionary scratch, Delvin Cook, you've been really great so far this year. And I'd like to tell you that even though, you know, you got a kind of raw deal, a hose job on that fumble call, Delvin, look in the mirror. Randy, you know he didn't come play. Back before, you're going to see a stud. Yeah, dude, he was. Hey, but he was but not so even many active guys yet. to give credit I know, to. I, I know. I know. Why he would you give him active. credit? Because a lot of these guys deserved to be in the stable week one and two, and it wasn't a stud stable. But they lost. Okay, yeah, but but like yeah, but like yeah, but I'm sure there's other games like you can give Dal. I'm just saying like yesterday the Vikings beat the Seahawks and Dalvin didn't play. There's got to be other players. He, Alex he, Madison he, can't make the stud stable. A, 
stud early on in the year. Yeah, he was, he was a stud. Nice. Just it wasn't that good in week one. I mean, he fumbled the ball in Cincinnati right or wrong. Boy, that wasn't a fumble, Jeff. But look, yeah, Jeff. The, the bottom line is we got jobbed out of a lot of guys. A lot of guys look forward to being in this stable. And a lot of guys, that's a motivator. And so early on in the in the year, we got a couple of turd losses. Oh, boy. That are, it wasn't a blowout. We got the best point differential in the in the league, I think. So this is a, this is my chance to go back and take a look at that tape and say, you know, Delvin, you, you, you were a stud, you know, er, early on, you know, hmm. you got, you want, you, this is, this stable is, it's, it's not just what I feel looking at film, working that out, you know, numbers and stuff. This is, this is a big thing for a lot of these guys, okay? guys. There's, there's no need to get emotional. Well, yeah, you're here, taking this too it's, personally. It's just the stable's supposed to revolve I, around the game the previous day, I thought. the guys in this sheet were studs week one and two. What else? Forget it. I've got to go back to the drawing board now. No, just, no, just keep going. Not, or He's gone. What? He got pissed. He got upset at you guys. I feel like he gets over-emotional too often. Yeah, you know, this is just this is just a football discussion among friends here, and Randy just always takes it to this ridiculous level. Almost like the day before, he, he was so intoxicated that it uh, causes problems the, the next day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible that he started his Monday with a little, uh, little know, screwdriver, Bloody Mary cornflakes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also possible that he just has been drinking straight through. He didn't start his day because his day's been going since 9 a.m. yesterday. It's true. Yeah. It's it's, think, it's kind of weird. With the, the older I've gotten, my, my my hangovers don't kick into like hour four or five into my next day. Like I wake up still feeling oh, fine. That's because you're still drunk. And that's probably that's what I'm saying. That's yeah, where that, I'm that Randy. I think I think he last. has the same might, might have the same thing. I'm just See, you know. guys might you guys might both need to. That might be a problem. I didn't drink no. yesterday outside of my one surly hell at you uh, know on Bentland. That was it. You know, I'm going to say right now. I feel like the stable. I don't know if the stable's fastball is really there yet. I, oh, I feel boy. like the Vikings one and two start. The stable has gotten off to a little bit of a slow start. Well, he's got a lot of things going on in his life. It seems like you know, seems like yeah, there's been true. a lot on his a lot on his mind. You mean no, the no camera rule? The fact he, he's not worked in, I believe, by my math, a year and a half, if not two. Yeah, yeah. didn't he get his season tickets revoked at US Bank Stadium so he, because of some incident? Yeah, too? something like that. Why yeah. wasn't there? That's the least surprising thing of all time. Mm, that actually happened to a family member of mine at Lambeau one time. I've got some Wisconsin family members. That's like back a huge, in the 90s. That's a something huge like, deal. With that waiting something list? Something happened at the stadium, and they, you know why? Uh, they got the tickets revoked. <laughs> do you know why? So bad. I do know why, yeah. Can you tell us? Um, I mean, we don't need to know who it was. I will say that uh, the tickets were gifted to... Oh, no. Someone else in the family, oh, like no, 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 and then no. that, and then that person got into an altercation Dude, at Lambo no, that, that rose to the level of the tickets getting. If revoked, you have Packer tickets, never do that. That is so dangerous because they'll take your t- tickets away. Yeah. Go Pack, go. Uh, here's more Bears vent line. This is John and Evanston. This is why you don't start Justin in, in an environment like this. I mean, the kid can only do so much, okay? And every, he did try to run. And when he tried to run, he got tattooed. He got rolled up on. 
I love these idiots. Like for for the whole preseason and for two weeks, like these morons. How are they not starting Justin Fields? And he goes out there and he clearly in over his head. Coaching was probably bad too, but like he was clearly in over his head. First take to today, how do you start him in this game? The graphic first take was: Did the Bears make a mistake starting Justin Fields? Uh, yes, three. But three <laughs> weeks ago, it was: How could the Bears not be starting Justin Fields? Is yes. <laughs> we're in danger of uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace uh, striking the, striking again there and picking the wrong guy? Because the kid wasn't looking that good, Fred. I'm sorry to say, man. I mean, it was looking like it was a struggle all day in the offense. It really wasn't looking too good with the kid on the center there. <laughs> so funny. Oh, if the if the Packers and Bears both win, my week stinks compared to this. Like, yeah, I just need plus, at least one fun. of them, if not both, to lose. We have in the past sprinkled in Lions vent line too, it, feel, but only for like the extreme circumstances. Yeah. Right? We only have so many producers here, and the Lions lose so many games. I feel like, like that's piling on, though. Yeah, like, like that's that's a pain, that's just a pain that's not even funny. <laughs> it's like if the like, when the Lions rise to the level of they're right about to fire a coach, which happens every year and a half, then then we go Lions vent line. Sure, but I guess losing to a sixty-six yard field goal. After the refs botched what should have been a delay of game, they let that thing run like two or three seconds. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. The play right before. Oh, no. Which I think was an incomplete pass, I want to say. But they were like, you know, they were like right at the 50 yard line or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, 49 yard line, and the clock hit zero. Yeah. And Jackson's like clapping his hands, clapping his hands. And it was at least two or three seconds on zero. Yeah. And the refs totally missed it. And it would have pushed them back to, you know, it would have been a 71 yarder. Wow. But they probably wouldn't have attempted. They probably would have thrown for the end zone. Classic Lions. Did, That's something that would happen to the Vikings, too, by the way, I feel like. Did we hear post game man Campbell? That's my question. I, I have not, but it had to be pretty damn I just, epic. I saw one quote that he he said, uh, you know, if they do get an apology from the NFL the day after, it doesn't mean squat or something. But I just read that quote on Twitter. I didn't get to hear actual, like, angry. I might have to go back and watch Man, Man Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Vikings win. Uh, if you want the full edition of Vikings Ventline, which was very joyous yesterday, go check that out on Purple Daily and also scorenorth.com and the scorenorth app just th- th- those are the best central hubs for everything we do here at scorenorth and it's going to be a fun week Alex Boone tomorrow on Purple Daily uh who gets it who doesn't on Mackie and Judd so it's good the Vikings you know even if they wind up you know soiling themselves in like October or November at least make it don't start 0 3 like make it interesting for the start of the season here and if they beat the Browns then it's really on because then it's MVP, MVP, MVP. Never, never doubted Kirk on this show. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. I'm Mackie and Judd.